Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, a U.S. Senator, Todd Young, a Republican from Indiana who's running for re-election. But there are two interesting things about that. In a contentious year when some GOP lawmakers are facing challenges from Trump-backed Republicans, Senator Young did not have a primary opponent, despite the fact that he has not been endorsed yet by the former president. We talked about that in the Rundown podcast the other day, along with a big discussion on inflation and record high gas prices and the contentious abortion issue that's become a very big deal lately after that leaked Supreme Court opinion showing the Roe v. Wade ruling could be overturned. Now, if you have heard these extras before, you know, I'm going to tell you the discussion with Senator Young was too long to fit into the regular rundown, and it was. So in a moment, you'll get to hear it all. Now, one note, we talked about Ukraine aid with him before the Senate gave final approval to the $40 billion in funding that came on Thursday. Thank you, as always, for being here. And now GOP Senator Todd Young on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us again on the Fox News Rundown is Senator Todd Young, a Republican from Indiana. Senator, thanks very much for your time. Good to be with you, Dave. We are in a moment where inflation seems to be just about the front and center issue for everybody. Surging prices, especially at the gas pump, we're setting records just about every day. What is it that can be really done? This is one of those issues. People want their politicians to do something, but what can happen? What can be done? Well, they absolutely want us to do something, uh, Dave. And and as I travel around Indiana, this is the number one issue by far I hear about. And and the reason is it impacts everyone. I mean, the the sense of powerlessness that grips people uh, when you have inflation uh, is is just very, very powerful. It's a form of taxation. And of course, it disproportionately hits those on fixed income. So people of modest means and uh, our senior citizens. So it, it, the, the wicked thing about inflation is, is once you're in an inflationary environment, it's very difficult to find your way out of it, which is why you want to do everything possible to avoid it. And this could have been avoided. Uh, just about every Republican in the U.S. Senate, I know, was warning the administration not to pass a $1.9 trillion bill when our economy was growing rapidly when they came into office. But they did. And now we have inflation. So we need to be looking at uh, things like uh, uh, ex- exploiting more of our domestic oil and gas resources. We know that oil is an input, not just to uh, getting from A to B and filling up our, our tanks, though that's something so many Hoosiers do and so many Americans do. But it also is embedded in the price of our food, of of the goods we buy and so forth, which are also transported to places. So the administration needs to 
um, forthwith indicate that they are no longer supportive of uh, a, a Green New Deal, uh, far left energy policy, uh, at least for the time being. They need to say we're going to open up the oil and gas spigots domestically and uh, create incentives so that those who, who pull the oil and gas out of the ground can build the infrastructure uh, to uh, places where uh, the oil and gas is needed. But again, are, but Senator, that's over. That's not none of that is overnight. So even if you no, can increase right. drilling capacity, uh, President Biden says in his first year, there's more oil production than in the first year of the Trump presidency. So he says domestic oil, we're, we're producing a lot. He blames oil companies for not using their leases. And the president says Republicans are doing nothing to help the gas price surge. I mean, that's that's what he keeps saying. Yeah, well, listen, uh, we, we don't want a Green New Deal. That would create the incentives, uh, the certainty for those who are investing in the infrastructure to build it out, uh, to get the oil and gas where it needs uh, to go. But no, I mean, the, the, the president makes an argument that we, we have a greater uh, demand uh, for oil and gas and we have more oil and gas supply coming online. That's because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. When President Trump left office and the economy uh, had a lot of recovering to do. So, of, of course, we're using more oil and gas, but that will take time. So in the meantime, we should import uh, more things uh, that are uh, more cost effective, more inputs uh, for our manufactured products and so forth. That means reducing tariff barriers on some of these items uh, in, in the middle of an inflationary environment. We also need to lighten up regulations, something that we did during the Trump years. And when Republicans were in control of Congress, instead, the administration's gone the other direction. Uh, they, they propose increasing regulations on child care, on housing. These are all things that uh, are pinching the personal incomes and the household budgets of, of rank and file Americans. But the administration has not offered regulatory relief. They're going the other direction in uh, heightening regulation on, on these essentials. But we're also helpless with the price of oil, which affects gas. So gas keeps going up. There are some who say, why don't you just simply suspend the federal tax on gas? And that would save people instantly. That would be uh, a, a very marginal benefit. We'd have to make it up somewhere else. So, uh, listen, I'm open to having hearings on, on the impact uh, that uh, eliminating uh, a energy tax would have. But uh, why don't we begin with uh, what we in Indiana would call layups, the obvious things, regulatory relief, reducing tariff barriers that drive up prices and giving certainty uh, to the oil and gas uh, production companies that if they build out pipelines from existing uh, oil leases they have, they'll ultimately be able to take that oil or gas out of the ground and sell it on the free market. If we do those things, let's see what the impact is on our uh, on our inflationary environment, and and um, uh, then we can think about. Uh, some of these other measures. All of these things and these discussions and these debates are happening in a very hot election season. There are primaries all over the country. You did not have a primary challenger, so you have the Republican nomination to go for your second term in Indiana. So you don't have to worry at this point about uh, the involvement of former President Trump. A lot of other candidates have. What do you make of his influence as we get closer to November and deal with uh, that side of the Republican Party, the MAGA wing, ultra MAGA wing, as President Biden likes to deride it? You know, what I make of it is is uh, neither party 
uh, was uh, had ha- offering real substantive answers to the concerns that so many uh, working class Americans have had uh, for a generation. Uh, we've we've been locked in decades old policy agendas. Uh, the far left has has moved further to the left over the last 40 years. Uh, The Republican Party was inattentive to the needs of a lot of Americans who felt like they were being left behind in this era of globalization and and their communities were being hollowed out. And so President Trump spoke to a lot of that aggravation. It's now our job, uh, now that President Trump is no longer in office, uh, to write the next chapter of that script. And that's what I've done back in Indiana is I've spoken directly to these concerns. I've offered concrete solutions to improving the material circumstances of working Americans. And that's uh, what I attribute. The fact that I didn't have any primary uh, opponents to is the fact that uh, I'm actually out there uh, offering constructive solutions to these uh, challenges that President Trump helped uh, uh, you know, exploit to uh, political victory. Now, some have written about how you were not yet endorsed by the former president. Is that a? Con- I mean, you obviously didn't have a primary. Is that a concern to you at all? I think the proper n- narrative there is I was able to stand on my own two feet. I think that's the headline that uh, is is worthy of of uh, uh, underscoring here, uh, which is. You know, Republicans can make their own name. Uh, They can build their own reputations and their own uh, reservoir of trust with those people they represent, not have to rely on the currency of former presidents uh, if they are putting forward concrete solutions to today's and tomorrow's challenges. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another big issue that leaked Supreme Court draft opinion on abortion, looking like the conservative justices might overturn the Roe v. Wade ruling and let states restrict abortion. You at a fundraiser recently faced pro-choice protesters. There was that vote in the Senate where there was not enough support for the Women's Health Protection Act the Democrats put forward to try to make abortion legal nationwide. Where are we going with this issue and how important is this one going to be in the campaign in your view? You know, with with inflation permeating, uh, you know, everyone's lives and and uh, border security, such an incredible challenge, which in turn in my state is leading to uh, a a major epidemic of uh, opioid use um, and uh, a war over in Europe. I'm not sure it will play a a really significant role in my own state, but it no doubt will in, in some areas around the country. Uh, this is an incredibly important issue where in the end it's it's going to lead uh, should the Supreme Court publish this opinion, which we all believe they will, uh, which will overturn Roe versus Wade is finally the people will get to decide. Uh, they will be able to register their opinions about how we properly balance uh, 
the concerns we all have uh, about women and their health and their personal freedom on one hand, and uh, the right to life of, of the unborn on the other. And, and these are not easy issues, and they need to be handled uh, with compassion. And I think the people of Indiana are, are prepared to uh, tackle this responsibility, and uh, others are around the country. So um, that's in the end uh, what this decision means. It's, it's broadly misunderstood because for years the far left has indicated that Roe versus Wade uh, uh, is uh, something that, uh, uh, you know, it's a binary issue. But in the end, uh, to put some nuance into uh, the policymaking process, that's going to require uh, individual state legislatures uh, to uh, develop policy informed by the needs of their constituents. But on the left, they say, look, that you, the court's taking away a right that's been uh, allowed for people for 50 years. That's the argument, that the court is taking freedoms away from women. Of course they're saying that. That's, that's a, a, a reductive argument, uh, overlooking the fact that uh, it will be through our state legislatures and through the normal democratic process and, and consultations with U.S. senators and Congress uh, men and women that will develop new laws that will protect women and also protect the unborn, rather than having you know our, our unelected federal judges uh, make these laws for us. So. Uh, it's just going to require some civic engagement from the American people. I, I happen to have faith in the people. Uh, those on the far left do not. And I will say, not every Democrat is a member of the far left. We saw this days ago when uh, some of my colleagues bravely said, no, I mean, this is insane, this this uh, pro-abortion bill that was brought to the floor of the U.S. Senate. It would not only enshrine Roe versus Wade in, in federal statute, it would expand it uh, up until uh, you know, a short time before uh, birth. And, and, and that really is extreme. That's well beyond the policies of North, Car- uh, of North Korea or China or m- many other horrific regimes around the world. Let's get to a vote that is looming for you later in the week in the Senate. That is the aid to Ukraine, $40 billion and more weapons and humanitarian assistance. It was held up for a couple of days, but on Monday night, you were among the 81 senators to vote to advance this legislation. Do you share any of the concerns of your colleague like Senator Rand Paul about the cost of this, or is it just important to do this still, no matter what the, the cost at the moment? Well, I always uh, am trying to balance the benefits to the American people of any investments, in this case, investments in, in uh, national security uh, with the costs uh, that we'll experience. And, and so I've, I've done the same thing here. And I have to say uh, that uh, I, I think, of course, I, I believe because I'm on record uh, saying time and again that, that we need to support the brave uh and, and heroic resistance of the Ukrainian people so that we can uh, deter other aggressive regimes around the world, whether they're in Beijing or, or Tehran or, or, or Moscow, from grabbing territory, uh, violating uh, the rules of the international order, because they will at some point look at this and say, if the, the United States and the West are soft, they'll, they'll move on other pieces of real estate, and that in turn will impact our ability to trade, uh, our ability to uh, peacefully carry out our affairs. So with that, I, I, I think that these monies, um, there, there's 
uh, audit requirements, reports to Congress, uh, diligent oversight need to accompany them. And I was glad that in the Senate version of this legislation, as it's taken shape in recent days, uh, these features uh, have been embedded in the legislation. So we give Ukraine money and we make sure there are very strict audit requirements and regular reports to Congress and, and uh, oversight mechanisms. We also need to be pressing our partners and allies to match our funding uh, to uh, burden share as, as we carry on this fight, because they too will benefit uh, from these investments. And, and then the other thing, and this is what Senator Paul has been insisting on, I completely agree with him. I think we need uh, to appoint a special inspector general to oversee U.S. assistance to Ukraine, just as uh, we had after a period of time in Afghanistan. That has to happen. And uh, uh, we, uh, uh, I, I think he brought a lot to this important debate by insisting on that. All right, last question. You mentioned Beijing. You are working across the aisle with the Democratic leader of the Senate, Chuck Schumer. You have a bill that would have the U.S. working to out-innovate and out-compete China. Discuss where we are on that. I mean, we've had tariffs in place since the Trump era, and they're still in place, correct? We have. That's right. We had tariffs in place. We put some export controls in place during the Trump era. And I began the process of drafting this legislation uh, with the Trump State Department and, and uh, the consultation of H.R. McMaster, his national security advisor, and then his second national security advisor, uh, Admiral O'Brien and, and Matt Pottinger, his, his Asia guy. So this is all uh, this, this was all catalyzed during the Trump years. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we have the necessary investments outside of the DOD, where they waste so much money, but the necessary in investments and in cutting edge technologies so that uh, we can outfight uh, the Chinese Communist Party, if ever necessary. Hopefully we can prevent a war. Uh, by being more technologically sophisticated than they are. We see in Russia, they're using hypersonic weapons. The Chinese have tested uh, advanced hypersonic missiles. We don't have defenses for these things. We developed hypersonic technology. So we are under, under investing in things that really matter. Instead, we're spending a lot of money, wasted taxpayer money on legacy systems, uh, old ships that we don't need and, and other weapons platforms. So this is an effort to boldly push back against what some have called the deep state and uh, ensure that we're prioritizing our defense dollars in the right place. We also need computer chips. Any auto assembler in the state of Indiana can tell you that because they don't have enough to assemble all, all the automobiles uh, that uh, our consumers are asking for. We cannot rely on communist China or other countries for these computer chips anything with an on-off switch requires them, including our missile technology. So incentives to locate these chip fabrication plants across the heartland of America will also be included in this legislation. As you indicated, our support is bipartisan, broadly bipartisan. We got 70 votes out of the U.S. Senate. It has gone to a, a House Senate conference committee, and my hope is within the next couple of months, we can get this passed for the good of the American people. Would, would this also potentially lead to more pharmaceutical products being developed here and manufactured here? Would this lead to more manufacturing in the U.S., less in China, ultimately? It would lead to more manufacturing in the U.S. and, and less in China uh, as a byproduct of this legislation. That's not the primary purpose, but it will be 
uh, something, you know, when we're developing the cutting edge technologies here, uh, then you're going to have investors wanting to invest in production capacity next to where the uh, technologies are developed. So in that sense, yes, it will. Republican Senator Todd Young from Indiana. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.